Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Everybody stand to your feet. Five, find three people you don't know. Let them know you're glad to see them tonight in Bible study tonight. Real quickly. And if you don't have an outline, make sure and get an outline tonight. Make sure and get an outline. should be five amen Joshua chapter number four Joshua chapter number four man I love that song don't you <clears throat> I figured it'd be real appropriate for the the message and the lesson today and not only that but that somebody just maybe needed to hear it amen sometimes we need to be reminded of who God is and what God's already done because what's sitting in front of us seems real formidable it seems like it's impossible just like the Jordan River that we're, we've been studying about the last couple of weeks Sometimes we just need a memorial, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, when we go face the giants, when we see the walls of Jericho, when we go see the city of Ai, when we, even when we failed and we've messed up, we need to come back and see these stones and know that God's done it before and God can do it again. Amen? Let's look in chapter number 4 in verse number 1. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to preach as good as you pray. <clears throat> All right, so if you need to hear some good preaching and teaching, you need to do some good praying, amen? So you pray for me, and I'll try to do my part. I, I, I really believe I've got a word from the Lord, uh, and, it's, and, and really, the, 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 the lesson, the application, and the truth that we need to know today is going to be found in the third point. But God kind of showed out and showed some stuff to me for the first and second, so really, the first and second point is going to be a souped-up intro, say amen. So we're going to get through that and talk about that and really get to the meat of the, of the, the teaching tonight in, in, in point number three. So let's look in verse 1, chapter 4. Are you there? And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. By the way, that's Gilgal, which was about eight miles away. These old boys had a job, say amen. They're going to have to pick a boulder, a, a, a big stone out of the river, and carry it eight miles to Gilgal, which was about two miles outside of Jericho. And it says, And then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you upon every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. 
Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for a hungry crowd tonight. Lord, we're here to learn. We're here to study. God, we're here to be encouraged and to be edified and to strengthen. And, uh, Lord, I, I imagine there's some in here that's had a rough week. And, Lord, I pray that you'll lift them up. I pray that you'll give them exactly what they stand in need of as they fight the devil in this culture that we're living in. I pray that you'll give us what we need. Help us to learn something we've never seen before. And God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Jordan River <coughs> represents the, the main obstacle in the way of victory. Uh, you, can, you can put whatever you want to put here, fill in the blank, you know. Uh, their, their Jordan River was their obstacle. It was their impossibility. It was their, uh, their thing that they needed God for. In other words, it was something that they could not do for themselves. It had to be a God thing. Now, sooner or later, everybody is going to face a God thing in their life. You're going to face a problem that's so big. You're going to face a difficulty that's so powerful. You're going to face something that is so intimidating. It's something that's so fearful that you don't know how in the world that you're going to get through it. And in your own power, you won't be able to. You may be going through that now. It may be a health scare. It may be a family crisis. It may be something going on in your financial aspects of your life. Whatever it might be, everybody has a Jordan River. But I'm glad for every Jordan River, there is a God who can get us through. Say amen. And here we find the nation of Israel. Last week, we found out that God told uh, the Joshua and the, and the children of Israel, it said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant move, you get up and go after it. When you see it move, you follow it. You haven't gone this way before, you go after it. In that ark, we studied last week, that inside the ark was the scriptures. It was the word of God. It was God's word that God gave Moses there at Mount Sinai. And there on the ark was where the Holy Spirit rested. It was where God's spirit was. And in the times in the tabernacle, the glory of God was there. So it represented the presence of God in the word of God. So here we have God's word going before them. Here we have the presence of God going before them. And I'm glad no matter what, wherever we are, there he is. Wherever we're going, he's already there. Say amen. I want to give you three things real quickly. Write these things down, and we're going to, we're going to try to uh, uh, get some help tonight. All right, number one, <clears throat> I want you to see the presence, the presence of the sovereign. You need the presence of the sovereign in your life when you're facing your Jordan. And I use the word sovereign on purpose. We could have used the word savior, and it could have been a, 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 a good illustration. It could be uh, alliterated that way. But God put in my heart the word sovereign. He is sovereign. He is God. He is all-powerful. Nothing's ever occurred to him. Nothing's ever slipped up on him. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. He is our God. He is our king. He is supreme. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. He's bigger. It doesn't matter what the problem is. He's bigger. It doesn't matter what the situation. He's bigger. It doesn't matter the valley. He's bigger. And we face these things. We're looking at the, the, the economy. We are looking 
looking at the, the voting and the election coming up, hey, it doesn't matter if Hillary gets in or not. It's all according to God's plan. God's got it all planned out from the end to the beginning, the beginning to the end, and we need to understand we are following, we are serving, and we are for a sovereign God. God knew the Jordan would be there when he went to bring him out of Egypt. This was no surprise to him. And you say, why are you, why are you getting all that? Because when you face your Jordan, you need to understand that there is somebody on your side. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I serve a great God. I serve a powerful God. I serve a mighty God. Oh, say amen, church, say amen. Listen. The presence of the sovereign. He's going before it. And here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. I, I was reading this, and, 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 and I put chapter 3, and I put chapter 4 together. And, and this is, you, may, you may not think this is cool, but this is cool to me. Uh, the Bible says, go before them. So here the priests are, and they're carrying, they're carrying the ark on their shoulders. And they say, listen, you go first. And they dip their feet into the water. Are y'all with me? They were the first ones in. They dipped their feet in the water, and as they moved out into the water, the water started standing up. I'm telling you, there's no obstacle you'll ever face that can stand against the presence of God. And here they are. When they get out in the middle, when they get out in the middle, all of the problem is standing up at attention toward God. Hallelujah. Say amen. Now, they all get across, every one of them. Every one of them get across. They haste across. And in chapter number 4, in chapter number 4, we find that this is, now all the people are across, and here the, here the priests are, and the ark is still in the middle of the river. Y'all with me? God tells Joshua, he says, okay, now tell them, come on out. So here they come. They come on out, and as soon as they come out, the river and, the, and all the water goes rushing by, and it goes right by where it was. Now you're saying, what is the big deal about that? Man, you got to get it. You got to understand the obstacle represents your problem. The river represents what's torturing you, what's breaking you down, what's causing you to be afraid, what's causing you to be upset, what's causing you to lose sleep in your life, what's causing you to have to take medicine and listen, a nerve pill. That thing that's in front of you, guess what? God was the first one in and he was the last one out. Before you ever got in your problem, he was already there and he won't leave till you come out of it. Somebody say amen. Listen, before the Hebrew children went in the fiery furnace, God was already there. And he said, hey, I, we threw three men in, but we see four walking around, and guess how many come out? Three of them come out. You know why? Because he was still in there. I'm telling you what, I don't care what problem you go through, you will not go through it alone. Before you ever go in there, God will already be there, and he'll be there till you come on out of it. Say amen. The presence of God. The first one in and the last one out. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Two things I read in these two chapters, going back and forth. I know we finished chapter 3 yesterday, but I, 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 was, I was dipping back in there today. Amen? He says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God go before you, you get up and go after it. And he says this. He says, because you haven't gone this way before. You haven't gone this way before. In other words, God's presence in our life is to give us direction. Say that with me. It's to give us, everybody say it, it's to give us 
Now watch, now watch. Look in your notes. Look in your notes. It says that ye may know the way by which ye must go. Psalms 32, 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Watch this. I will guide thee with mine eye. Whose eye is before you? What's the, what's the prayer? What's the prayer? What did Jesus tell him? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, right? But did he not say, as you keep reading, did he not say, lead me not into temptation? Now watch. He's leading, but we got to be following. It's one thing for the ark to go across the Jordan. It's another thing for us to get out of our tents and go after it. Now, now, how many, how many of y'all can be honest enough? It's just family here tonight. It's just us. How many of y'all going to be honest tonight and, and be willing to admit there's been times you was leading the pack? There's times I had the wheel. You know, Jesus take the wheel. There's times he, he wasn't even in the car. Amen? Don't leave me hanging up here, people. Come on now. We said we was going to be honest. He wants to lead us. His presence in our life is to guide us. Jesus said this. I, I didn't put it in your notes because I want to say paper. <laughs> say man. When Jesus went back, when Jesus went back to glory, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he'll be a teacher. He'll be a guide. He'll be a helper. Now listen. The presence of God was in front of them. He said, you, don't, you ain't never been this way before. You need, to, you need to make sure you follow my presence. Please be submissive to him. Pray and, and spend some time in his presence before you make a major decision. Single people, spend some time with God before you spend time with a significant other. It may save you a lifetime of grief. We need God to give us direction. We need God to help us because I'm telling you, He's smarter than we are. And He's already been where we're wanting to go. Are y'all with me? But here's the, here's, the, here's the biggest thing to me. <laughs> I, I can quit after this one right here. I'm telling you, this is, this is good. God's presence is in our life. To give us direction. He said, he said, you've never been this way before. Go after the ark. But I think one of the most important things that we can take from this is that he said, I will never leave you. So what is his presence for in our life? It's to dispel fear. It's to dispel fear. Why? <clears throat> There's one thing that he kept telling them over and over and over again. I will go before thee. I will go before thee. I will send my angel before thee. Why, why did he, con- what was the very first thing? What was the very first thing he told Joshua? Be thou strong and very. Why would he have to tell Joshua that? Joshua was a man of war. 
He's the captain. He's the general. He's a bad man, I'm telling you. He done killed a bunch of people by now. He is a bad man. But God said, you're going to have to be courageous. Why? In the land of victory, there's a lot of scary things. Think about that. You hear what I said? You said the promised land. It is the promised land. But see, this is not a picture of heaven. In heaven, we're not going to fight. In heaven, we're not going to fail. In heaven, we're not going to die. In heaven, we don't have to do all this. Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life. And I'm telling you, in the Christian life, there's going to be some scary things. There's going to be some fearful things. I, I was reading, and I don't want to get too hung up in this because I want to get to number three, but fear will paralyze you. How many of you have ever been driving down the road and the poor squirrel got in the middle and he just, ah! and, and And what did you do? When he stood up and went, ah! you was behind the wheel, you went, ah! too. Because it scared you just as bad as he was scared. And then we all have a moment of silence. Amen. Fear will paralyze you. Fear. Watch this. Watch this. According to the scriptures, fear will cause you to doubt. The first time they were there, they went in and spied and they saw the giants. They come back and say, we can't do it. We can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And they doubted God's word. How many times have, have we missed out on blessings in our life and victory in our life simply because we were afraid? And because we were afraid, we doubted that God would do what he said he would do. We doubted who God was. Listen, we're in the middle of a storm and Peter comes to Jesus and said, Carest thou not that we perish? I tell you what, fear will cause you to doubt God and it will cause you to doubt that God cares about you. He said, I'm with you. Watch this, watch this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art I don't know about you. I, I, I've told you the story of the hog pen several times. Going out to the hogs, and it, and it scared me to death. But when Dad go with us, it wasn't no big deal at all. And some of you need to understand, whatever you're going through, God's with you. Wherever that ark was, he's with him. He's with you. It says in Deuteronomy, watch this. <clears throat> Moses is speaking to Joshua. Joshua's fixing to take over, but not yet. And Moses is helping him, encouraging him. In Deuteronomy 31, 7, And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the, and the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. Watch this. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Somebody say amen. He's with us. Wherever you're at, he's with you. Before you got there, he was already there waiting on you. And when you come out, he'll still be there. He will not leave you behind. He will not leave you in the valley. Then priests stayed right there to everybody. Now, now watch. Now watch. This is something that stood out too. In verse number, verse number 10, 
For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. Sunday was booking it. Have you ever felt that way? Don't worry. Don't worry. As long as he's in your valley, it'll be dry ground. It may look at, hey, you ever wonder what it looked like? You ever wonder what it looked like at the Red Sea? And the Bible says the water stood up. I wonder if you can see fish through there. I wonder how intimidating that was to walk between the walls of water or however it was. I, I don't know exactly how it was. But the Bible said they were hasting through. Maybe still a little nervous. But here comes the water. Are y'all with me? He did not move till they were all safe on the other side. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying he's with you. You don't have to be afraid. Church, say amen. Number two. This is a good one, too. Verse 10. <clears throat> For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until, say that with me. Until. Say it again. Until, until everything was, y'all get that? Until everything was that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people. I want you to write this down. Not only the presence of the sovereign, but I want you to see the performance of the Scripture. <laughs> the performance of the Scriptures. The Scriptures, the Word of God is in, in the ark, but God, He gave a promise. He gave a command. He gave His Word. Joshua, if you'll do this, and I'm going to do this. And guess what? It happened. It was finished. What God said came to pass. Now watch. Now watch. Two things I want you to write down here. Two things I want you to write down here that's very important. There's two things about God's Word we take from this passage. Number one is powerful. God's Word is powerful. We can quote the verses. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharp than any two-edged sword. It's alive. The word quick there means alive like the quick of your fingernail. It's alive. It's, 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 it's evident. It is very... It, it, it will meet the, 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 the needs of the hour. It's never outdated. It endures to all generations. It's powerful. The Word of God has the power to sober a drunk. The Word of God has the power, listen, to clean up the life of an addict. The Word of God can take a lustful man and make him pure and holy. The Word of God can take a family that's been broken to pieces and put it back together. His Word is powerful. Listen, and because it's powerful, it is trustworthy. It is trustworthy. Write that down. <clears throat> I, went, I went to Isaiah. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter number 55. Isaiah chapter number 55, and then I'll come back to Isaiah 46. It says, so shall my word. Now remember, now remember, let me read verse 10 again. It says, the priest that bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until 
everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people. In other words, until everything God said was going to happen, happened, they were right there. God's word was fulfilled. Now watch. Now watch. It was finished. Say that word with me. Finished. Say it again. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. That means empty. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now why is that encouraging? Because when God said, I shall provide all of your needs, I will supply all of your needs, it's going to happen. When God said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, it's going to happen. When God said he would be with me in the valley of the shadow of death, it's going to happen. When he said that he, he will be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, it's going to happen. When he said he would be my refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble, it's going to happen. You can take God at his word. If he said it, it's going to happen. You can trust him. You can depend on him. You can believe him. You can lean on him. Trust his word. If he said it, it will happen. Somebody say amen. Until it was finished, God said, my word will not return void. It's powerful. It's trustworthy. You say, why? 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 Why is it so trustworthy? I got a verse. This is so good. I'm telling you, this is, this, this is great. Where is he speaking from? Why is it so trustworthy? Why is it so powerful? Because of where he's speaking from. Where is he speaking from? Look at this, Isaiah 46. Look at this. Are you there? Is it right in your notes under A, Isaiah 46. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end of... From the beginning, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all of my pleasure. God said, He is Alpha and He's the beginning and the. Now, watch this. Watch this. We speak. We speak from the present. We speak from this side of Jordan. But see, God's already been on the other side. God's already been in your future. God's already been where you are going. And he is speaking from this side, telling you everything's going to be all right. He's telling you, I'm going to be with you. He's telling you, you're going to make it. You're going to come through. But where's he speaking? He's speaking from the future. He's already been there. He's already seen what it's going to be. He already sees what you need. You can't see it because you're on that side. But he's already been in your tomorrow. And he says, come on over. I'm going to be here when you get here. Somebody say amen. amen. He's got it all planned out. He's been in our future. He's been in our life. He's been in next month. He's been in next year. He knows everything that's going to happen. Hey, 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 this is what it's like. This is what it's like. I, I, was at the, I watched the, the football game this week, and I DVR'd it so I could watch it again. 
And the second time I washed it, it was a lot better than the first time I washed it. Because the second time I washed it, I wasn't a nervous wreck. And I wasn't afraid because I knew the end from the beginning. I knew before they ever kicked off the first time what the score was going to be on the other end. And I thought, well, it doesn't matter if he fumbles. It's still going to be all right. It doesn't matter if he throws an interception. We're still going to win the game. It doesn't matter what it looked like in the first half because I've done been in the fourth quarter and I know everything's going to be all right. And God is telling you right now, I've been in your end, so don't worry in the beginning. Man, that's good stuff. Are you with me? Why are you worrying about the fourth quarter or the second quarter? God's already been in your fourth quarter, and he's already declared in the Bible we're more than conquerors. We're not just winners. We're more than overcomers. With the battle, the war is over. Yeah, we got a little skirmish, but the devil's already a losing. He's a losing foe. Are y'all with me? <laughs> Preacher, what are you saying? Before the children of Israel ever marched around Jericho, God's done seen it fall. And whatever it is, it's just wigging you out right now. God's already on the other side of that thing. And you can trust him. Imagine, imagine, imagine if, uh, let's just say this. Brother Johnny, come over here and sit in that chair right there. <clears throat> Let's imagine this. <clears throat> the game Saturday. The game Saturday. Sit right there. Did you watch that Alabama-USC game Saturday? No, you didn't. You didn't watch it. You didn't see it. You was working. You didn't, you ain't got a clue what's going on. But we're in the living room, and we're watching it. About to have a kickoff. They just got through playing Sweet Home Alabama. I heard it. Are you nervous? A little bit nervous? Hey, it's all right. I, I, I done seen it. It's all right. I ain't going to tell you. I can't tell you. But I can tell you this. It's going to be all right. Roll die. That, that first few minutes was a little hairy, wasn't it? Hey, what about when they score? Have you nervous? But you know what? It's going to be all right. I promise you it's going to be all right. I tell you, you just take my word for it. Take my word. That's right. No, I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. Say, preacher, what's the point? Some of y'all need to sit down in your living room with the Lord so he can tell you it's going to be all right. You know why? Because he's already got your life DVR'd. Can we give God praise and glory in the house? Go ahead. Now, that was really not part of the lesson, but I just needed to tell y'all that. I'm serious. I just want to tell you. It's, some of us are still in chapter 13, but this is the lesson. This is the lesson. Number three, I want you to see the demonstration of the stone. The presentation, demonstration, whatever the word is. Write something down. 
presentation of the stone. In the middle of that whole deal, God says, can you imagine Joshua watching all this? Can you imagine, I, I, I mean, even though you've seen God do incredible things, miracles after miracles, every time he does it, it's got to be cool. I, I, I'm going to cry. I've been, in, I've been in church my whole life. I, I've seen God do stuff. I'm telling you, I, I've seen God do stuff that would blow your mind. But every time he does it again. This week I, I had a phone call that made the hair stand up on my neck. Listen, I, I, I saw God do a miracle this week that I, I, I specifically asked for a miracle. I said, God, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what your plan is. But God, let it be a miracle. Let it be something that's a God thing that only you could do. And he did it just like I asked for it. And I'm telling you, I can't get over it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Joshua seeing all this? He's just watching this. All these approximately 2 million people coming across on dry ground. The high priest standing there on dry ground, firm footing. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God says, Hey, Joshua. Hey, Joshua. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the very place that them priests are standing. The very place of the miracle. Now I want you, I don't know how heavy these are. <clears throat> he said, I want you to tell 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel. You tell them from the very place of the miracle. You put it on their shoulders. And you take it, now watch, you take it where you're going to be camping tonight. That's an eight-mile walk. Are you all with me? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to set them up. I want you to set them up. And he uses this word, for a memorial. A memorial. Are you all with me? Now, two things I want you to write down. <clears throat> The question, the question of this, this study and this lesson is what, what means these stones? He said, there's coming a day. There's coming a day that your children are going to walk by this pile of rocks. And to them, they're going to think, what's that all about? What's that all about? He says, I want you to tell them that there was a day that the Lord your God brought you across on dry ground. And the Lord your God prepared a place for you. And the Lord, and he keeps saying that, the Lord your God. Now here's, here's two things. Two things. This, this, this pile of rocks, this, this pile of stone, I believe it, it, it was two things. One, A, whatever the outline is, it was a reminder. <clears throat> it was a reminder. Write that down. It was a reminder. And then look at me. <clears throat> Here's the deal. <clears throat> Out of the midst of the miracle, 
out of the midst of the, the moving of God in their life, they took these stones and they put them there. Now, where did they take them? Where did they take them? I've told you three times tonight. To Gilgal. All right? Eight miles into the promised land. Now, watch this. Gilgal became headquarters for all of the assaults on the promised land. All of the missions. When they went into Jericho, they came back to Gilgal. When they went into Ai, they came back to Gilgal. Everywhere they went. In other words, this becomes central location. This becomes the headquarters for the operations. Are y'all with me? In other words, where they stayed, that's where the stones were. Man, when I saw this, this is awesome. Guess what? You're not, on, you're not just going to have one battle in your life. After Jericho, there was I. And there was failure, and we're going to talk about that. But then there was another city. There was another fight. There was another time they had to believe God. When they come across the Jordan, God showed them a miracle. God did something that only God could do. God did a miracle that nobody else could do. You could not explain it. It was supernatural. You couldn't, you couldn't explain it, and you couldn't explain it away. It was a God thing. Say amen. And what he said, in the middle of that God thing, I want you to take out something that will remind you every day of your life what I have done for you. And the reason why is because we are forgetful creatures. We have to remind everybody every 21 days of something we need you to do around here because you forget where to park, you forget where to sit, we forget where we're supposed to do this and where we're supposed to do that. And you know what? We forget about the blessings of God in our life. We forget about the things that God has already done. We forget about the bills he's already paid. How do you know that? Because when the next bill comes, we start worrying again. We start fretting again. We start wondering, and God has to sing that song to us. How many times must I show up and prove you that I love you? How many times must I show up when the bills come due? How many times do I have to pick you up and dust you off and clean you up and fix you up? How many times? Because we forget the blessings of God. We forget the power of God. We get overwhelmed with the situations and the circumstances of life. And God says, you need a reminder to remember who I am. Now imagine this. It's time for the battle. It's time for the fight. The 30-foot walls of Jericho are looming. And this city is an, it's an impenetrable fortress. It is just, it is just like the, the pinnacle of, of Canaan. It's an impossibility. But on the way out, can you imagine the soldiers? Can you imagine the soldiers as they're talking back and forth? So, man, I tell you what, I don't know about this. I don't, I, you see them walls? I tell you what. I don't know how we're going to do this. I know we're supposed to march, and I supposed to, we're supposed to shout on the seventh day. We're supposed, but I tell you what, and as they're marching out, they're talking back and forth, wondering what in the world. I don't know how. And all of a sudden, they pass the stones. And they think, wait a minute. Why am I worried about a 30-foot wall when God stopped the flood and raging river? And all of a sudden, God reminded them, if I did it yesterday, I can do it today. And if I do it today, I can do it tomorrow. And I don't care what your problem is. I don't care what your issue is. Everybody needs a memorial. Everybody needs a reminder of what God did then, God can do now, and God can do then. Say amen. 
If this ain't helping nobody, it's helping the fire out of me. Say amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you taken something from a miracle of God in your life? I tell stories all the time. I know y'all sick of hearing them. I, I know I've told my grandma's story. I can't tell you how many times, but guess what? That was a miracle in my life. I've told the story of how God, how, how God did what he did down in the lower building when we, when we had a yard sale trying to raise money to expand the building. And God took a ten dollars or $11,000 job and did it for $900. What was that? That was a miracle. And I can go on and on and on. And I've got, I've got things in my reserve. I've got rocks. I've got stories. I've got situations. I've got instances. And I, listen, I've got a brand new rock this week. God did a miracle for our family. Guess what? I'm going to need another one. Until I die, there'll be another Jericho. There'll be another giant that we're going to have to face. There'll be another issue. But let me ask you a question. Are you piling you up some rocks? Or have we just gone completely and lost our memory of what God's already done in the past? I've got cards, and I've got pictures, and I've got things that just remind me when I get low, when I get discouraged. And when the devil, because he's good at this, he's good at trying to get you to think that God don't care. And God is saying, listen, before you conquer your first city in the promised land, you need to set up some rocks. Because the rocks will be as much as a help to you and a benefit to you. Because there's going to be a time that you're going to come out of battle and you're going to be bleeding. And you're going to be tired. And you're going to be weary. And you're going to be worried. And you need to walk by that pile of rocks and say, yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know why I'm worried. He did it yesterday. Bless God, I'm feeling better already. You need to set up some rocks. What's your miracle? Well, I ain't got any. Well, maybe you need to ask for one. My exact prayer. My exact prayer. I said, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen in this phone call, but I want your will to be done regardless Whichever way it goes, whatever you want done, I want, I want your will to be done. But then I said this, but whichever way it goes, do a miracle so I can see you. Not a miracle so I could have my, what I want or so I could be, I want to see you. Maybe, maybe the reason we ask for miracles is, is for our benefit and not His glory. Maybe that's why we hadn't seen some. But I guarantee you this, He's wanting to show off for you more than you've been willing to ask Him. But it's not for what you think. 
That'll bring the last point. Oh, man, we're doing so good on time. Great day. These stones, yeah, that is a miracle, amen. That's this stone right here, getting out on time, amen, miracle. These stones are a reminder. But then here's the, here's the, really, all that other stuff was to be an encouragement to us. To me, I hope you got something out of it. But this is the point. Sometimes we have to read through all of the stuff. Matter of fact, I, I did some grammar study tonight. I know you English people in here are just distraught every time I speak behind a microphone. But I looked up some punctuation marks. In the last verse, and, 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 and probably in the verse before it too, we find a colon. Two dots. Y'all with me? For you people that's like me and didn't know what that was. It's been a long time since I've been in school. I couldn't remember. But you know what? I saw that, and God says, that's there for a reason. That's there for a reason. And then I kept reading, and there was another one. And he said, you know what? That one's there for a reason. Watch this. This pile of stones is a reminder, but it's also a revelation. A revelation. You say, what's a revelation? It's an unveiling. It's an uncovering. In other words, when you reveal something, the purpose of these stones was to reveal God. Reveal God. Primarily, primarily to our children. You see, and I hope all the parents are here, are paying attention right here. And, and, and listen, you're doing right and you're doing good by being here and having your children here. Because your primary role in life is to lead your children to God. As a preacher, as an evangelist, I, I, I travel the country sometimes and I preach in other places, see people saved all over the place. But you know what? I could win the whole country and if I lose my children, I failed. My primary responsibility is my family. Is that not what he said? When your children ask you one day, I'm giving you a visual aid. I am creating an opportunity. It's called this, a teachable moment. A teachable moment. Patty, I see you on the front row. I saw, I saw uh, Wit and... and Hoppy today. <clears throat> and I thought about this. They're going to go to heaven or hell. They are a living, breathing soul. They have an eternal soul in them that's going to live in heaven or hell one day. What are we going to do to make sure they make it to heaven? That is our responsibility. We don't think the way we live is important or is that big a deal how we live in front of our children. And God says your primary role is to teach them who I am. 
The purpose of these stones is so one day when they ask you about these stones, you can tell them that there is a God in heaven, and that God in heaven is their God and is their Lord. They need to know who I am. Are you all with me? Our primary responsibility is to teach our children who God is, to reveal to Him. It gives us an opportunity. I've told you the story before about my father. When we were out fishing at the jetties at the ocean and those pelicans were just flopping in the water and, and grabbing a fish and, you know, they'd dive down and they'd catch a fish and they'd throw their head back and swallow it. And my dad told me and my little brother, we had a little bitty thing. to said, watch them pelicans. They'll thank God for their meal. Me and my brother said, what? He said, watch, every time they grab a fish, they'll throw their head back. Watch their little tail. It'll go... And that's them thanking God. They thank God for every fish they catch. You watch them. We're sitting out there looking. Sure enough, pelican dove in the water. They come up out of the water, threw his head back, swallowed the fish, and his little tail went. I looked at Joe, and Joe looked at me and said, Whoa. As we grew older, we found out water runs down their back, and they're shaking it off. Amen. And no, I will not do that again. Amen. I know what you're thinking. Bunch of reprobates in the house of the Lord. What did God, what did, the, what did my dad do? He used a teachable moment to teach us that there's a God. He stood us at a, he stood us at a, at a couch one day and put my sister who was burning up with a fever on that couch and I don't say slammed. He was kind of serious at the moment. Put my brother down and put me down and put my mom down and he knelt down and we all prayed and boom, her fever broke. What means these stones? What do you have that you're using to teach your kids who God is? I told every one of my girls this week, this is a God thing. God did this. This ain't, this ain't about me. It's not about your mother. It's not about anything. This is a God thing. You need to know God did this. Why? Because they're, one day they're going to need God to do something for them. One of the saddest verses in the Bible to me, one of the saddest verses in the Bible to me, is in the book of Judges. When the Bible says that, that Joshua died and all the leaders died out and this is what it says and there arose another generation after them who knew not the Lord they went after Baal they went after gods that they didn't even know because they didn't know the one true God it's one thing to hear about a God it's another thing to know him y'all with me let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 6, 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Do you think God's serious about us teaching our children who God is? You know what he's saying? He's literally saying, take every single opportunity you can to teach them who I am. 
Listen, three things. These stones, these stones say three things. Number one, they say the what. They say the what. Look what he says. Look in verse number, <clears throat> verse number 23. He's, he's bringing this to a conclusion. He spake unto the children of Israel in verse 21, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Watch, watch. The what? The what? Verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan before you. That's the work of God. It's the what? They need to know that God does stuff. That God is real. That God answered prayers. That God will meet their needs. That God will show up when they need. Are y'all with me? The what? Then the what speaks of the who. They need to know what God did so they know who God is. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. These stones speak of what he did. These stones speak of who he is. Verse 23. For the Lord your Say it with me. The Lord, your God. The Lord, your God. Your children need to know who He is. The purpose of God answering prayers in your life is so they can know who He is. Say amen. Psalms 100 verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Why do they need stones in their life? Because one day they're going to grow up and go to a liberal, God-hating college and teach them that the Bible's not true and that they are their own God. And they need to know that that's a bunch of hogwash. They need to know that Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They need to know that there is a God. He is real. He is powerful. He is sovereign. He has given us a book to live by, and we can trust His Word. They need to know who God is. How are they going to know? By these stones, by these answered prayers, by these things that God has done in your life. Somebody say amen. Look in verse number, I'm almost done. Oh, 129. All right, all right, all right. I've got to find my colon. Oh, there we go. All right, here we go. Verse 23, verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. What's that? A colon. Is that a colon in your Bible? Now watch. The definition says, He has given you a truth, and he's fixing to elaborate on it. And go into further detail. Now what he said is he dried, he dried up the water so we could come over. Now if you just stopped there, you would think, well, God did it so we didn't have to wet our feet. God did it so we could be comfortable. God did it so we could have an easier road across. God answered our prayers so we could have an easier life. God blessed us so we... Nope. Colin says there's something more. 
Yes. Watch, watch. That all the people of the earth, look at that. God is answering your prayer, not just for your children, but for all the people of the earth. You see, God is not an American God. Help me. He's a God of this world. Sometimes we Americanize God and we try to mix patriotism with Christianity, and you don't. He's not a God of America. He's a God of the world. And he answers prayer. He moves on the scene. He does great things. He does big God things for the earth to know who he is. Y'all with me? Look, 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 look. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. What's that? No, after it. A colon. Now, what is that saying? There's more to it. Watch. You see how this is working up? See, this is why I should have studied more in school. This is great stuff. I never knew a colon could be so energizing. Here's the truth. God dried up the river and brought them across on dry ground. Colon. God is saying... But there's more. I did it so all the earth may know that I am a powerful God. Colin! There's more. I'm telling you, I got God bumps on my neck. A hole could bite right now. There's more. Look what he says. Look what he says. I'm about to die. Watch this. That ye might fear the Lord your God forever. God, woo! God does not answer our prayers so we can live in harmony, so we can live in comfort, or so we can live in pleasure. All of that's wonderful, but God moves on the scene and He answers our prayers and He shows up and He does God sized things so the world may know that there is a God in heaven. Why? So that the whole world will bow before Him and glorify Him as God whom He rightly deserves. He killed the giant in the valley, not because David was a good guy, so that all the world may know that there's a God in Israel. Somebody say amen. Let's hear it for the English teachers. Say amen. And I'm late. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Go get your children. Amen. Yeah. Get with me. Everybody say it. Go home.